Um, I'm Pastor Angel Halstead, and we welcome you to Mosaic Community Church online, our online Sunday service. Our deepest desire is to provide a service for you that will cause you to lift your hands and worship to God that will you know, comfort your heart and give you joy, and that will provide a message today that will inspire you and reinforce the hope that we have in God during this season. And so we want um, you all just to relax. Today we're going to simply do um, a couple of worship songs with my good friend Keith Wilburn. He's with us today from his home, but he is uh, an associate minister out at Hopewell Methodist Church in, um, in Downingtown. And then we'll have our sermon. We'll come back for one more song from Keith and then end with some announcements and our benediction. So again, our prayers that you will enjoy the service, that you'll sit back at home in your pajamas and just enjoy your family and know that God is with all of us. And it's so good that we can be together today um, online, but our hearts are joined through the Holy Spirit. So let me pray. Father God, we thank you so much for another day to worship you as a community. We pray and ask your blessing that you would fill each room that hears the sound of my voice, Lord, that you would fill us with your power and your presence, and that, Lord, you would be magnified and glorified in the songs that are sung and the words that are spoken today. This is our hope. This is our prayer in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Brother Keith, have fun. Good morning, Mosaic. It is uh, great to be with you this morning. I wish I could be with you physically. I'd love to see all your beautiful faces again, but uh, it is certainly a privilege to be with you virtually. And I know we are all uh, sharing the same spirit this morning. So um, yeah, I'm just thrilled to be with you. Um, first and foremost, I want to let you know that it's Pastor Angel's birthday today. So please send your prayers, your loving thoughts, um, all your goodness towards her today as she is celebrating uh, her birthday. And uh, we celebrate with you, Pastor Angel. And uh, we are excited to be with you on your birthday, no less. So uh, we're going to start with uh, Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. And I just want to say that uh, the comfort that I find in God's grace, God's just continual love, no matter what our physical circumstances are, God's love with us no matter where we are emotionally uh, spiritually God's response to us is always 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 love in our mistakes in our bad places in our good places God's love never changes for us and so we want to celebrate that and we want to celebrate the freedom that comes with that amazing grace so join me as we uh, worship God in this amazing love and freedom that he gives us Oh, 
God's presence wherever you are in your living room, in your bedroom, your kitchen, if you're out somewhere, our hope and prayer is that you are finding freedom, assurance, peace, comfort, and God's amazing love. He is with you. He is with us wherever we are. And so we have a lot to rejoice in and praise God for. This next song is a simple song simply called Falling in Love with Jesus. And we want to continue just to go deeper. Christ is where we find this divine love, and Christ is where we find this divine peace, and Christ is where we, def we find this divine comfort, where we find discernment, where we find wisdom. It's in Christ, as we go deeper with Christ, that we are more and more filled with all of the beautiful things that God longs for us. And so we're just going to uh, celebrate Jesus and uh, just this ability that we have to be in relationship and to be in intimate relationship with him and, to, uh, and in that relationship, just all of the blessing that we can receive. So sing with me. No, no, it is I. 
for Keith and um, just the freedom that he has in praising the Lord. And I uh, thank everybody for the birthday greetings. Um, it's a good day in Jesus. It's a wonderful day to be alive. And so I just want to go into our sermon this morning. Um, I want to talk with you all a little bit about the life of Joseph. Um, Joseph has an incredible story in scripture. And I want to quickly take us through some, some points in that story and look at how they re reflect on the times that we're having. Um, I want uh, you all to understand one of my claims or my claim for today is that if Joseph could continue to humble himself and maintain uh, a disposition of openness and forgiveness and just true worship to God. Um, if he could do that in spite of the things that were happening in his life, surely you and I, you know, God, 
through the Holy Spirit living in our life can give you and I the ability to rise above what's going on right now with the virus and our having to socially distance ourselves and the ramifications of that that are rolling out um, in one another's lives, um, especially involving uh, employment and how we're going to take care of ourselves. Because God is with us and God will give us ingenious ways to live and to take care of one another. So if we could, um, I'm going to be looking through the life of, of um, Joseph. I'm going to run through uh, several chapters in Genesis real quick. Um, but if you want to follow along, open up. Uh, we're going to start at Genesis 37. And I'm just going to run through those stories just to talk about his life. Now, when Joseph was 17, he was the son of Israel, um, Jacob, whose name became Israel. And he was one of the sons that was born when Jacob was old. Um, when he was 17, uh, he had some particular events take place in his life. Now, Joseph was a bit of a tattletale. So he would go out and see what his brothers were doing, and then he'd go home and tell on them, snitch on them. And uh, his brothers didn't like that one bit as you, and I wouldn't like that. Um, so they started not to trust him and not to like him. He was also Joe's, uh, Jacob's favorite son, um, because he was born in his old age. And many of us have heard the story of how Jacob gave Joseph a special gift, a beautiful coat of many colors and how Joseph wore that. And every time his brothers saw him in it, they, they hated him because it signified that, that Joseph had something with his father that they didn't have. And um, Joseph, um, he wore it, he wore it constantly. Um, once Joseph had a dream and Joseph told his brothers about the dream because the little dude just didn't know how to keep his mouth shut. There's some things you don't need to tell everybody, amen? And so he had his, this dream and he told his brothers that uh, they were all in the field uh, during, hay, uh, during uh, the reaping and they bundled up wheat and joseph said something happened in the dream his wheat rose up and all his brother's wheat bowed down before his his bundle of wheat now uh clearly joseph had no situational awareness uh to recognize that you know that was not a good thing to share with them um he also told him that he had another dream the sun and the moon and the stars bowed low before him and jacob was there when he shared this dream and jacob was like hold up you tell me your mother, your brothers, even me, I'm going to come to the place where I bow down before you. Now, while his brothers, you know, were burnt like toast, Jacob thought about the things that Joseph was sharing and just held on to them. Um, one day, Jacob sent Joseph out to, uh, to find his brothers to see how things were going. Um, and also probably to get a report because Joseph was good for a report. A lot of us had like little brothers or sisters who were like that. Um, tell, well, my brother would probably say I was the one that did the telling, so I got to own it because sometimes I was. Um, um, so he went out. Um, when they saw Joseph coming, uh, they hatched a plot. They planned to kill him, but Reuben stepped in uh, and saved his life and told his brothers not to kill him. Um, they, he told them to toss him into a pit. Now, Reuben had a plan. Reuben was going to come back later and get Joseph out of the pit. But before Reuben could do that, uh, he was away tending the sheep. Uh, a caravan came by, 
and the brothers decided that instead of killing him, they would sell him. And so they sold Joseph into slavery for about 20 pieces of silver. And when Reuben came, he found that his brother was gone and uh, it, it was a mess. So they took the beautiful coat and put animal blood on it. And uh, they told their dad that Joseph had been attacked by wild animals. Um, so we know that's bad. Um, and we know the situation, you know, it resulted from a couple of things. Um, that dad made it clear that he loved Joseph more than anybody else. And that Joseph talked too much. Um, but even in that, Joseph could have been killed. But instead, because the blessing of God was on Joseph's life, he wasn't killed. He was taken up out of that pit and sent away from those who wanted to do him harm. So in Genesis 39, we get this story about Joseph. Um, after Joseph was sold into slavery, he went to live with uh, an official in Egypt called Potiphar. Now, God was with Joseph and caused everything that Joseph's hand touched to prosper. Uh, he did well. And Potiphar saw this, and Potiphar moved Joseph from just being a regular slave to being in charge of his entire household. And Joseph managed that household well, and Potiphar grew in his riches and grew in his respect, um, and he trusted Joseph. So, you know, Joseph, um, Joseph was well-respected, and Joseph caught the attention of many, including Potiphar's wife. Now, Scripture tells us that Joseph was a cutie, okay? Now, I, verse 6 in the 39th chapter says that he was well-built and handsome. So my interpretation, cutie. And Potiphar's, Potiphar's wife eyed Joseph and saw that he was handsome, and she wanted to have an affair with him. Now, Joseph had too much respect for Potiphar and for the role that he had in Potiphar's house, so he did not want to dishonor Potiphar like that, despite his wife coming after him. And one day, uh, Joseph was in a room with his wife, and his wife uh, really approached him and got so intense that she grabbed his clothing, and he literally left his clothing there as he ran out of the room with her and through the house naked. Um, he was determined that he wasn't going to get involved with his master's wife. But his wife had a whole different idea. And so she decided that she, because Joseph rejected her, she was going to get him. And so she said that he attempted to rape her. And Potiphar rose up and with anger, believing his wife over, over Joseph and put Joseph in prison. Now listen, Potiphar could have killed Joseph, but the blessing of God was on Joseph's life. And so instead of being killed, Joseph was sent to prison. All right. Now, while he was in prison, he encountered these two men that Pharaoh had placed down there. And uh, one was a cupbearer and the other was the baker. These were uh, men especially assigned to Pharaoh's house. And he found displeasure with them and put them in jail. Now, both of them had dreams and they couldn't interpret what the meaning of those dreams were. So Joseph, um, told them that he would help them. But Joseph made it clear that it wasn't him and his own ability that was going to uh, share the interpretation of the dream, but it was God that was going to do it through him. And so the cupbearer's dream went like this. There were three vines, 
and they bloomed and clustered, uh, clusters of grapes formed on them. And um, the cupbearer saw himself in the dream, take the clusters and squeeze the juice out, filling Pharaoh's cup with the wine. And he gave it to Pharaoh to drink. Now, Joseph told him the interpretation was that the three vines equal three days. And in three days, he was going to be free and back in his assignment in Pharaoh's house. Uh, and be back in good graces. So then the baker comes along and he tells Joseph his dream. And so he says that in his dream, he had three baskets on his head and they were full, filled with bread. And the birds came to the top basket and ate it, ate from the bread that was there. And Joseph's interpretation for this guy was not a good message, but was the truth. He said to him, those three baskets represent three days also. But for you, in three days, Pharaoh's going to have you executed. Three days later, everything happened as Joseph said he would. And um, the deal was, that happened three days later. And you'd think, okay, the cupbearer would be so excited. He'd be telling everybody about the kid in jail that told about what happened to him, you know, that interpreted his dream and that that kid is phenomenal because, you know, you and I, we'd be telling everybody about that stuff, but that didn't happen with the cupbearer. It turns out the cupbearer forgot about Joseph, forgot about Joseph for two years. And then a day came when Pharaoh had a dream. And Pharaoh needed someone to uh, interpret the dream for him because it bothered him so much. And because the hand of God was on Joseph, see, when Joseph, while he was in, in prison for those two years, Joseph didn't sit idle. Joseph, because the hand and the blessing of God was on his life, Joseph became uh, the administrator of the jail, and he helped set things in order and get it running efficiently. And so even though the cupbearer forgot him. Joseph made up his mind that he was going to do well in his situation, like he did in Pharaoh's house. He was going to make the best of his situation. So when Pharaoh had the dream, that made the cupbearer remember. And he told Pharaoh about the young man in prison who'd interpret his dream. And so they called for Joseph. They got him all cleaned up and shaved and bathed so he could go in, in front of the the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, and uh, he went before him and uh, it, was a, it was a good thing that happened. Um, listen, these stories I'm telling you real quick, they're found in scripture. And I just want to say, you know, when I started preparing the sermon, I got caught up with the stories again. And I ended up reading everything word for word. You know, the last time uh, we were together physically, I encouraged us to spend some time in scripture. Uh, for some of us, because of things that have happened in our lives, we've um, not spent as much time reading scripture because things that happened in the church. And I would love for us to discover, rediscover a love for God's word and stories like this. And so uh, during the next week, I'm going to take you through these stories in a little bit more detail as we have devotionals each day of the week. So look for me in that way. But back to the story. Listen, so they bring Joseph before Pharaoh. Pharaoh tells Joseph his dreams. Here we go. Pharaoh says, first dream, I'm standing by the Nile and out of the river comes seven cows. They are beautiful, they are fat, 
they are they're they're nice looking and they start grazing among the reeds and then seven ugly nasty looking cows come up nobody wants to eat those right but they come out and the seven ugly cows eat the seven fat cows um so he's like i, I can imagine pharaoh looking at at joseph and like saying well, what's that about you know and so he tells him he has another dream. And in this dream, seven heads of, of grain were growing from a single stalk. And they looked good and they were healthy. And then after those seven heads of grain came out, then another seven came. And they were thin and they were scorched through the wind. And the grains that were ugly and unhealthy consumed the grains that were healthy. Again, Pharaoh was troubled by these dreams. When he had them, they literally woke him up. And he had to ponder what was going on. And so, um, again, Joseph tells him, it's not me that's going to interpret this dream for you, but it's my father. It's God that's going to let you know what these dreams meant. And Joseph told him that both dreams meant the same thing, that there would be seven years of plenty where things would grow and there would be prosperity. And then there was going to be seven years of famine. And Joseph went on, not just to tell him what was about to happen, but to give him some advice, a plan on how the Pharaoh should respond to this. And he told the Pharaoh to find a good person to put over the task of gathering during those seven years of plenty. And, uh, and uh, give that person the power to appoint commissioners throughout the land so they could organize things and be prepared when the famine came. And so when Pharaoh heard this and he thought to himself, okay, who can I appoint? He realized that the person that he needed to appoint was standing right in front of him. And Joseph went from being the kid that was in the pit and the man who was in jail Oh, in Potiphar's house, and then the man who was in jail into becoming the second highest ruler in all the land of Egypt. It is amazing, but this happened because the blessing of God was upon Joseph, and no matter what happened, Joseph still honored what he had grown up learning, and he honored the God of his father, and God was able to bless him despite this. You see, because that dream that Joseph had all those years ago was still something that God was going to orchestrate and make true. And so even despite all the ugliness of those situations, family dis disruption and, and dysfunction and, 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 and people in the world doing things to fight against him, God was still able to fulfill the destiny that he appointed for Joseph. And that's something important for us to know. Um, so again, he was the kid uh, in the pit, in the hand, and the blessing of God was upon him. He was the person in jail, but the hand of God was upon him. He, the cupbearer, forgotten. But even while those years he was forgotten, God prospered Joseph. And then the famine came, and God not only prospered Joseph, but he exalted him. Joseph could have become bitter, he could have become resentful, but instead he made up his mind to honor God. He could have said things like, you know, God, if you were real, this would have never happened to me. Why would you allow these horrible things to happen in my life? Have you ever felt like that? Because I have. I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I felt like that and I've gone to God and asked him those questions. But think about Joseph. 
He had a fantastic dream for a vision of his life. And you and I have been inspired with incredible dreams and visions of how God wants to use us. We've seen our gifts and our talents come forward and we've enjoyed them. And then sometimes we have seasons where things become dormant and quiet. Or we have a season like now when we're socially isolated and we're uncertain about the future. And we can't, maybe can't see for ourselves how we're going to walk into that destiny that God's appointed for us. But we have to hold on. On, just like Joseph did. Um, so you still, so we still have to make the best of our situation. We have to say to ourselves, I'm going to believe God no matter what. So, so we have to understand that it wasn't God that put Joseph in the pit. It was a result of his own, maybe a little bit of arrogance and a result of his brother's hatred that got Joseph in that pit. It wasn't Joseph who made Potiphar's wife come after him. He was a cutie, but that nobody said, you gotta, you know, touch all that. Just thank God for it, you know? Um, yes, I'm joking. And, uh, but, in, but it was Potiphar's wife that put him in prison, not God. Um, it wasn't God who had him in prison and in that situation. But you see, it was God who put, um, it wasn't God who put the two men in prison. But when they showed up, God was there and ready to meet him. It was God who sustained Joseph for two years. Why do bad things happen to good people? We ask these questions all the time. You may feel like you're minding your own business. You know, for me, I'm minding my business, getting over the death of my father. I am so blessed with the church that we have and learning to pastor. And then this thing happens and I'm called the pastor in the midst of a crisis. Um, maybe for you, you just finally got a job and feel like you're able to take care of your family. And now, boom, first hired, maybe the last one fired. I mean, maybe the first one last hired would be the first one fired, excuse me. Um, others of you may have finished cancer treatment, or you may found out that you do have cancer. And now you have to enter into treatment in this season. Some um, may just be preparing to graduate from college, and how are you going to find a job, and how long are, uh, is this going to last? Others are just getting out of high school and wanted to go to that last prom and wanted to do those celebrations and things and have that big graduation and it may not happen. Why do good things happen to bad people? God didn't make COVID-13 happen. That's something that we, we have to understand. Um, we have to know that uh, what's happened hasn't scared God. Uh, and in truth, while there's anxiety, I'm not scared. And I'm not scared of the question that I pose. Why do good things, why do bad things happen to, uh, to good people? You may say, Pastor Angel, you believe in God and you say God is good. You say God sees me right now where I am. But again, I remind you, COVID-19 and it spread is not something that God is doing. The situation about the loss of your job is not something God is doing. The food insecurity that's making people panic 
buy things is not God's doing. Listen, here's the reality. The sun shines and the rain falls on all of us. Whether we're good people or not, God, there's a kind of fairness to God. And the reality is that God has given us control of this world. He told us to be fruitful and multiply. He told us to fill the earth. But the thing that happens with, self, with the separation that's happened with us from God and each other and even from creation is that there are consequences for that separation that, that some of us feel all the way down to the very molecules and, soul and cells in our body, the disruption that's happened. And in some ways, I don't know, I can't say, you know, this person or that person caused disease. It's the separation and how we haven't cared for each other with all the diseases in our lives. It's the separation from God and being fluid with God in his presence, I believe, that, that has caused like human failure. We all experience this thing. Joseph experienced separation, harm, Joseph had times when he felt like his life was unraveling, just like we are experiencing. Things happen. And where was God? God was in the pit. God was in Potiphar's house. God was in prison. God was in the throne room that day Joseph got called into it. God was in the palace as Joseph was organizing things and, and put Egypt in a position where Egypt could help the entire world. God was there fulfilling God's promise. And where is God today? God is in your house helping you make provision for how you're going to get through these days. God is helping pastors like me decide how we can shrink down our budget so we can have funds to help our people in need and in our communities. God is in the phone conversation when you admit to someone that you're going to need help through this. God is dealing with the rich whose hearts are tender toward God on how to handle those resources. God is in our conversations. God is in our worship. God is present. God is here. And so you and I need to develop the attitude that Joseph had. Because in that 50th chapter of um, the book of Genesis, Joseph had gone through all this stuff. And then his book uh, earlier, like the, the 48th chapter, his family shows up. And Joseph could have got him. He could have got them then. But he didn't. He told his father to bring everybody into Egypt. And they settled in Goshen. And then after Joseph's father died, his brothers knew now was the time Joseph was going to get him. And Joseph didn't. He said, I'm not going to harm you. He said, listen, I know these situations were meant to harm me, but God has taken these situations and in the midst of them, God has made some good come from them. And I say to us, even though this situation looks like it's meant to harm us and there will be things that happen, God has the ability to turn things around. God has the ability to take things that are meant for evil and somehow creep out good. I'm not uh, going to be in a position where I'm going to resent God. I'm not going to resent a boss who laid me off. Um, um, I'm going to have a heart like Joseph that's forgiving and open, and I'm going to stay in faith. I believe God, and I believe him. And I serve, I believe that I serve a God who never sleeps and never slumbers.
I believe I serve a God whose eye is on the sparrow, so I know he's watching over me. I serve a God who says that God knows the plans he has for my life, plans for good and not to harm me, to give me hope and future. I believe that I'll see the goodness of God in this land of the living. And I know nothing can separate me from the love of God, not death or life, not COVID-19, not angels or principalities, not the ugliness that may come from people in authority, not uh, this present time in the way that COVID-19 is affecting us, and not in the future as we see the numbers rise of those who are infected and those who may transition to the other side nothing has the ability to separate you and i from the love of god not any creature not any molecule not any germ not any cell shall separate us from that love and so we have to stay in faith faith in the lamb of god in the blood that was shed for the everlasting covenant i belong to god you belong to god god sees us and is with us and so we'll maintain this attitude of hope We'll hold on to it in faith. Bad things happen. They happen to Joseph. They happen to Jesus. They happen to you and I. But God desires good for you and I. And so as we stand in faith and in our hope, we look for God to make a way. And we stand together in that. That he'll use you and I to do incredible things. Because God's love is boundless. And his mercy is enduring. And he's here now as we see him. May God bless you and bless me as we're reminded what the word of God says. Let's maintain an attitude like Joseph. Hold on to God despite the situation. Brother Keith. Amen, church. What a good word. I needed that this morning. So thank you, Pastor Angel, for that encouragement. And so let's close just by uh, celebrating that love that God has for us despite our circumstance and the freedom that we can find uh, in being connected and experiencing uh, being open, as Pastor Angel said, to God's incredible love for us. Freedom reigns. The Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. With the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Lift your eyes to heaven. Thank you.
Jesus, for your love, for your constant presence in our lives, despite the circumstances. We know that you are with us. We know that you see us. We know that you have immeasurable love for us and that you have a vision, a plan for us that we can't even see. But thank you for the peace, for the freedom that comes from knowing that you know, that you see, that you will make a way when we can't see a way. We thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mosaic. Thank you so much, Keith. It's such a blessing to, to me, to, to us, and um, I'm so glad that I can call on you when I need you as family. Um, so today was supposed to be the celebration of uh, my ordination and installation. So, of course, we can't do that, but we're going to celebrate it on the other side. Um, uh, so... Just stay, stay tuned for that. And um, again, 
um, every day of the week, please look for a short devotional from me. I just feel like I want to connect with you all a little bit more during the course of the week. Um, and so we'll have those devotionals. I'll try to run out in different places so you're not just looking at my office every day. Um, and for those that don't have Facebook, uh, we'll talk about posting them on um, YouTube, uh, YouTube channel, and uh, we'll get you the information for that. Um, and also, each day is going to have a daily theme that's coming up. Um, so we're kind of excited about this, and we want to thank uh, Brianna for thinking of a bunch of these things as we move forward. So you get to be involved. The theme is going to be posted in the morning uh, on, uh, on our Facebook page, uh, our hopefully YouTube channel, and it will follow this path. On Mondays, we're going to have story storytelling and thoughts. And so if you can tell a brief story about your life, about your family, we just want to share those and get to know each other a little bit more. They might be a uh, little funny stories. I'm going to uh, revive some of the stories I have about my mom because she's hilarious and I think she's great and want, want you all to know how wonderful she is. Um, then on, uh, we're going to have question and answer Tuesdays. And so you can put any question up about the scripture, about life. How do you, I saw one from Beck, anybody know how to, um, to put in a, a, a water heater? So any question you have and the community can be involved in answering those questions and I will chime in. I'm going to monitor and watch everything that happens each day. And we're going to have share a song, a poem, or art on Wednesday. So it can be your art. It could be something that you've seen, a picture you've taken, a poem that you love. Or you can sing a song, record it and post it. Or you can just share something from YouTube. Um, but it's going to be poems, songs, and art that we share on that day. Thursdays is Mindfulness Thursday. Uh, on that day, you can put up thoughts that are soothing and help each of us kind of reflect and, and take a fresh breath. And in the evening, um, our sister, Melissa Men is going to lead the entire church and, and our friends who want to attend in a mindfulness activity in the evening. And then on Friday through Zoom, we're going to have a prayer meeting here. So since we're all kind of locked down, we'll have some Friday activity going on. And that should be exciting and encouraging. And then for our youth, Saturdays are going to be your day. So I'm going to come up with some stuff and, uh, for you guys because I don't want you to think I've forgotten you at all. I have not. And I, this is a chance for me to get to know each of you and spend some time with you. So I'm looking forward to that and I'm excited about it. And then Sundays we'll be back to service. So we're going to post this on our Facebook page so everybody can see it. We'll send it out. And we hope to see you uh, engaging and covering each other. Our small groups can continue to meet. Some folks met last week. Uh, they did Google Hangouts. Uh, we have the Zoom uh, meeting, so you can use that. Just let me know if you need it. And all I ask, no matter how, what platform we use, is that we all engage each other respectfully. Some of these things are gonna be open to the public. We wanna be gentle in how we share with people, how we encourage one another, uh, the basic rule. You know, we want to love God with all our heart, with all we have, with all our soul. And we want to love each other the way we need to be loved. So, again, I want to bless you. Thank you for sharing time with us. And I want to close with um, a, a short poem uh, that's found in the Sanctuary of Women. This book was uh, shared with me 
uh, Joy shared it. And so I read, read something that I thought would be appropriate for us to close with. It's entitled, A Blessing, that you will see in the way God longs you to see, that you will be given vision that speaks precisely to and through who you are, that the holy will reveal itself, unhide itself, divulge itself to you. May you and I know God in deeper ways our journey through this time. May we rest in knowing God has it. There are times when we have no control and we can fight it or we can rest in it and just trust God to be exactly who God says he is. Be blessed this week. I'm here. Melissa and I are calling all the members. So at some point you'll get a call from us. We just want to check in. We want to remind everybody that the importance of giving um, right now in particular, that people, if people have, you know, resources, continue to tithe so we can continue to function. It's important. I know right now is a time when, you know, life will say, I can't give. But what I found to be true, I'm not telling you something that is just scriptural or something that I say because I'm a pastor. I say it because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And I've had times of plenty in my life and have times that I've had nothing. And when I've had nothing, I have given my way out of it. Because God says two things. He says, anyone that gives to the poor, it's like you're loaning to me, God says. And God says, I will repay that. And then God says, if we give to him, God says he's going to give back, pressed down, shaken together and running over. God, our jobs are not our source. Your tithe is not my source. Our God is our source. And we get involved in the things that God is involved in. And we do and follow the instruction that God has given us. I trust God. So I give to be a part of that blessing, not just for what I can get but for the joy of knowing that I participate in taking care of my family and seeing the message of hope that we don't have to be separated, that we can come together, that Jesus gave us life to bring us back together. This is the hope. And I give not only of my money and resources, but I give of my life because I believe it. I know it to be true. So again, God bless you. Thank you for being with us. You can find information um, if, if um, Andrew and Jessica will post uh, all the avenues that you can give. You can look on our website, mosaic, um, uh, mosaicphiladelphia.com, and uh, again, be a part of, uh, of us. So thank you, especially our friends across the world. Thank you for, for having worship with us. Um, may God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Bye-bye. <laughs>